Now, I had a, a dream a little while back, and I saw this in my dream. And the Lord began to speak to me about some people uh, in this place uh, that need this message. So I, I kind of want to just wander my way through a prophetic word to the church. Is that fine? And it's really just about the amalgam of our lives. I remember when I started in ministry, my, after a year, the senior pastor called me in and he said, hey, you know, I think it's going really well. How do you think it's going well? And I said, it feels like, ministry feels like this to me. It's a big ball of joy and supernatural and miracle and healing and disappointment and horrible people and people being bad and sheep bites and... And it's all rolled into one big ball. And that's what it's like. It's funny. People go to, are, are you one of those prosperity churches? I go, yes. Because, yes, the green is prosperity. <laughs> Do you preach prosperity? Yes, when I get there. I, I absolutely believe in prosperity. Well, what do you think about suffering? Yeah, yeah, I, I've had some of that too. Well, what kind of church are you? I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a church. Just trying to take care of people. And people look like this for the most part. And we got people go, oh, oh, oh no, bless God, amen. I'm the top and not beneath. I'm, a, I'm, a head, I'm the head and not the tail. Bless God, amen. Okay, yeah, 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 Amen. And they go, oh, brother, you need, to, you need to steep yourself in the suffering of, of God. I go, yeah, amen. I was going to pick a fight uniformly with everybody. Is that okay? <laughs> so the message is called the God of the mountain and the God of the valley. The God of the mountain and the God of the valley. And I'm just going to jump around to just get us started, maybe grab some thoughts, some so three different scriptures and just to have a look. The first is, is this idea where Israel was going and they were fighting the Arameans and they, were, uh, <laughs> they, were, they would go up and the Lord would say, hey, watch out for this. And they go out to battle and then they defeat the Arameans. And the Arameans said, because the king of Aramea was going like, how did we lose that battle? We outnumbered them. And they go, ah. Oh. Kings 20. Meanwhile, the officials of the king of Aram advised him, their gods of the God of the hills. That's why they were too strong for us. But if we fight them on the plains, surely we'll be stronger than they. A little while later, the prophet comes and the man of God said, told the king of Israel, this is what the, God, the Lord says, because the Arameans think that the Lord is the God of the hills and not the God of the valleys, I will deliver this vast army into your hands so that you may know and that they may know that I am the Lord. I'm the Lord of the hills and the valleys. I'm the mountains and the lowest places, in the heights and in the, the low. I am the Lord. I am, there is no other. I am the God who is provider. I am the God who is love. I am the God who is supreme. And it doesn't matter what place you find yourself in and it doesn't matter what battle you're currently facing, I am and I am with you. Amen. This is something the Lord likes to explain to people because what happens is when, when life is going well and, and we're in all the happy days, oh, the sun shines on my face. Then we tend to, we tend to get, I, I was recently, we, we were like, ah, 
We've, I was in a meeting, somebody said, could you just do this and speak to these 30,000 leaders? And I was like, sure. And then somebody else, could you write this? I'm like, sure, 185,000 leaders. And I was, in a, I was in a happy week. Life was going well for me. And then we, we looked at work well without orphans and there was a possibility we'd raise $3 million from this one. And then there was this company who was asking us. I was like, Whew, life is easy. And in those moments, those are necessary moments because in the moments of the greatest joys and in the most hope, I get this opportunity to tamper down my arrogance, to not think I am something more than I am, to not get uh, lost or drunk in an unsober view of myself. And when I'm in the lowest and the darkest valleys, I get this opportunity to resist the lie of the enemy who wants to seed that moment with all sorts of lies about the God who's, who, who has rejected you and he's never gonna come back for you and this is gonna be the rest of your life. Am I preaching to anyone yet? Isaiah 45. I am the Lord, there is no other. Apart from me, there is no God. I will strengthen you, even though you haven't acknowledged me, so that from the rising of the sun to the place of its setting, people may know that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. I am the supreme almighty God and there is no other. I form the light and create the darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I am the Lord who does all these things. Oh, oh. but the Lord only does happy things. The Lord's only the God of the hills and the mountains. He's surely not the God of the valleys. David said, Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn and I settle on the far side of the ocean, even there your hand will guide me. Praise God. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you for the night will shine like the day for darkness is as light to you. So on the mountaintop and in the valley, in the light or the dark, in prosperity or disaster, the heavens or in the depths or on the far side of the sea, God is gonna be with you. Jesus has made provision and He's poured out His grace upon your life and there is anointing for you for every step along your journey. And today I wanna help you take some giant steps forward in accessing that grace and that anointing and that power for your situation right now. Life is a funny old mixture of various inputs. And I hope to settle today for many of you that God's kindness and His goodness and His ever-present Lordship is going to preside over whatever life throws at you. There'll be a mixture of issues, there'll be all sorts of experiences, and there'll be different theologies that people will want to plaster on top of this reality. And what you believe will determine how you react to this. Sometimes, the truth is, evil touches our lives. It's represented by black. Evil comes along or injustice or slander or malice or hurt or death or destruction or injury or pain or something that is evil and it hurts my life. And I wish that I never had to face any of this in my life. Jesus taught us to pray, deliver me from evil. Keep me away from the evil one. That's a good prayer to be praying. 
Jesus, the, the scriptures teach us, if you would love life and see many good days, then keep your tongue from evil and your lips from spreading lies. Seek peace and pursue it. There are some things the Bible has to say about evil days. Do not sow evil and you won't reap evil. So there are some things we can do to avoid this. We certainly should be praying about it. But I have been praying for a large portion of my life and still in my life there are some black strands that I wish were never there. They've marked my life. They've left some scars. I walk with a limp through some of my life. There are experiences we hope to avoid. But the scripture says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, not if the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you will be able to take your stand. And I don't mind, there are some people sitting right here and you're right in the middle of a day of evil and you're saying, God help me. And that's exactly the right prayer. Deliver me from this evil Lord. But there's also something the Bible says that God has given you enough grace to take a stand right where you are with the full armor of God and you can make it through. And there's a lot of people been going through this. And there's some theology that'll pick this up and go, now this is your whole life. This is what you should love and embrace. No. I wish I could say it's never gonna be part of your life. But I'm pretty sure that you and I are gonna have our fair share. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. It'll have enough of this of its own. Are you still with me? Sometimes the opposite of that is hope. Oh, it's just hope and new doors and opportunities and possibilities and light at the end of a tunnel. It's not an approaching train and the possibility of delight and relief. And the scripture says when you're right in the middle of this, be joyful in hope. Oh, this is such a time of celebration. God is opening new doors. I can sense the change of the season. Everybody's opening up possibilities to me. Everybody's called. My phone is ringing off the hook. Everybody's saying, wow, that's so wise. And it felt like six months ago they were saying, you have nothing to say. Could this be my breakthrough? Maybe this is my moment of promotion. This is my day of recognition. This is my favour from God. I wonder when the other shoe is gonna drop. I wonder maybe if when I do this, this comes out. If you're in the middle of this beauty and this possibility, there's grace for that. And there's anointing for that so that you can walk through these moments with great joy and with great humility and with a wonderful peace. And God can use those moments in your life not only to bless you, but to multiply that blessing through many, many other people. Sometimes we ask for healing, for suffering. Maybe there's disappointment or hardship or scandal, or mockery, or teasing, or persecution. This stands for suffering of many different kinds. It's a place of tough decisions, and long recoveries, and draining consequences, and awareness of loss, 
Am I preaching to anyone yet? Some say, this is what God wants for you. And I say, not a chance. But the Scriptures do say that when you go through these moments, you should consider it pure joy. Not the moment considered pure joy, but because of this moment, God is doing something in your life and that must finish its work in you. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work in you so that you can be mature and complete and you don't lack anything. This is a necessary part of life and you will find it everywhere in your life, but it is not the entire picture. And the people who want to embrace suffering as an absolute godly, absolute clear doctrine of the Scriptures should also embrace the miraculous working power of God, which is also an absolute true thing in the Scriptures. Amen. I've had a lot of people want to get clear with me on the, on the suffering doctrines of the Bible. And then I want to say, well, let me just get clear on you about the glorious power of God and the supernatural presence of the Spirit of God and the voice of God in our life. Which one is right? They're both right. <laughs> Gold. Golden moments. You made the shot, you won the contract, you scored the goal, you won the day. It's just a wonderful season. The sun shines on our face. We're celebrated by those around us with a happy center of attention. Our words sound wise. Our thoughts seem profound. Our intentions are good. Everything seems to be working out well. Golden moments of the favor of God. Supernatural breakthroughs. Business goes from strength to strength. Family is happy and whole and connected. Beautiful moments. Bible says if you want to see many of these good days, there are some things you can do. You can pursue this. That's not an evil thing. That's a good thing. In fact, that's the most natural thing on the planet. If there's a bushfire, every living thing runs away from it. Oh, why are you running from all these horrible things? Because it's the most natural thing on the planet. Why are you seeking good? Because it's the most natural thing on the planet. And God's not noted by that. But I got people go, oh, brother, you, you need to understand the goodness of God. You need to understand the power of God. I, go, I, I embrace that. I embrace that. But show me your life. Because I guarantee you, your life is not one big ball of gold. Guarantee. <laughs> there are going to be some holy moments. There are going to be some times where I connect with the Lord and I hear His voice and it gives me revelation and this, this connection with Jesus and His nature shows up in my life and and, and I pray and he answers and there's supernatural and there's beauty. And I had one of those this week. I was praying for somebody and their back got healed. And the power of God moved and they felt it. I love that. I heard God's voice clearly. I felt his touch. I experienced his love and his favor. It, it, it's white moments of my life and 
My deepest desire is for purity and that he should be worshipped and all my desires for good and for God come to the fore. Many people have tried to make their entire life look like this. We went away, we hid in separate places, we, we sang worship songs for 14 hours a day, we spent another six hours in prayer, we, the rest of the time we spent reading the scriptures because we, we wanted this to become this, and I understand that. I think God does want this to be this. It's gonna look like this though. Sometimes the Lord wants to heal. The restorations of God, friendships, times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, maybe days of laughter and lightheartedness, maybe joy and celebration and family unity and healings and uh, the times when you can go back and fix something that you maybe did wrong or the, the moments where you come to understanding of somebody else's intentions or you realize, oh wow, and God brings health and wholeness and healing back to your life. And uh, for all the dark days when there's been cuts and wounds and this fixes all of that. What a, what a gift from God these moments are. And then it's prosperity. God wants to give you blessing and financial muscle so that you can get out there and accomplish His will and He promotes you and He gives you opportunity to have savings and to be a generous giver and He gives you the ability of options and the lack of worry and you get freedom to plan and you, if, you, if you're careful about this, you can spend some time dreaming with God about the opportunities for the kingdom of what you can accomplish. This is a very delightful season. And just like all of these others, there's great theology around this. Some people, oh, you know, if you, if you start to prosper, you're, you're in sin, this is bad. And some people go, if you don't prosper, you're in sin, that's bad. And I believe that the reward for the righteous the reward for the diligent, the reward for the hardworking, according to scripture, is that you'll prosper. So if you wanna walk righteously and you hate prosperity, you have to figure out a way to get rid of it because it's coming at you. Because that's the reward of the righteous. But I know some righteous people who are not sitting here. I know some righteous people who are right here. Well, 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 if you said, if, if, if I'm serving God, then, then this is what my life is, but my life looks like that. Are you implying that I'm not serving God? No, I'm not. Over all of this, over every season of your life, no matter where you are, no matter what you're facing, what challenges you're in right now, I want to say, this is what I wanna do. I wanna dispel every lie that the enemy wants to sow into whatever circumstance you're in because the enemy approaches this whole thing and he uses every opportunity he can to lie and to malign the Word of God and to get you off focus. And the Spirit of God comes to your life like this and he uses every opportunity to whisper again that there is grace for you, that there is power and anointing for you to come 
come through this all and to reign in life by one Christ Jesus. He wants to whisper to you, I'm gonna show you the way. He wants to tell you how much Father loves you. He wants to let you know that Jesus has never forsaken you. He will never leave you. He has not forgotten you. He walks with you. Over all of this, God never changes. That's what the Scriptures teach. God never changes. And it doesn't matter what color you're facing right now. Well, right now, my life is peachy clean. I'm just happy as a clam. My life is good. Praise God. There's grace for that, you know. There's wisdom for you in the moment so that you don't lose your head and then get too arrogant. There's space for that. There's grace for you to stand well. The Spirit of God is available to walk you through and to lead you into a continual place of greater knowledge and greater grace and greater understanding of who Jesus is. And you can experience more and more of the favor of God. Paul said, he, he went to the Lord, he goes, Lord, could you just, I, I, he said, I played with the Lord three times. Could you just stop? I'm constantly getting buffeted. He says, every city I go into, they throw a riot, they throw their toys, I'm being whipped. And he goes, Lord, can we just, and the Lord said, no, hey, Paul, Paul, my grace is enough for you. There's grace for that. And when the Thessalonians were very poor, but they really wanted to give, it says their intense poverty welled up in rich generosity because there's grace for that too. (laughs) God looks at all of this and He works everything for our good, the Bible says. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who've been called according to His purpose, Romans 8. No weapon formed against us can prosper. No weapon, according to Isaiah 54, that is formed against you will prosper. He didn't say no weapon can be formed. He said no weapon that's formed can prosper. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, because there's grace for that. Amen. The Bible says the God who watches over your life never gets tired. He never slumbers or sleeps. The God of Israel never slumbers or sleeps. He never falls asleep on the job. He never backs away for a minute. He's watching over every aspect of your life. But when you're in the dark days, when you're experiencing all of this, the enemy comes and goes, you know what? God has left you. God has forsaken you. It's because of that weakness that you have. It's because of that sin in your life. It's because you were exposed to your great uncle's card trick or or whatever it was. Something went wrong and that's why this is the way your life is gonna be and it's never ever gonna change. There's grace for that too. (laughs) Jesus said over all of this, I'll never ever leave you. I'll never forsake you. Ever, ever, never, ever, ever. But it sure feels like it when this is going on. God's left me. No, he hasn't. There is nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Neither height nor depth, nor angel nor demon, nor past, or present, or future, or anything else in any, in any way, in any shape or form, any way, anything you're going through, nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm running out of time. Jesus made our role clear. This is what he said. Given that this is gonna be your life and given that this is gonna be the life of somebody sitting next to you, 
What are you supposed to be doing? He goes, love one another deeply from the heart. Above all, love one another deeply. Because I'll tell you something. When I'm going through some of this stuff, it makes it exponentially easier if I'm surrounded by people who love me. So right now, I'm telling you, we could knock out 75% of any pressure that anybody's feeling in any regard in this room right now if we just made a choice together. You know what? I'm going to walk in love to the people around me. I'm going to genuinely just care about them. Because about 75% of this is, is, is strengthened by loneliness and fear of being alone. And the scripture says, the, the enemy says to everybody, brothers all around the world are going through exactly the same things you're going through. Encourage one another. So he says, love. Make a choice today. Go, Greg, I want to walk away from this or something. With something. Love people. And if they're going through dark days, love them. And if they're going through happy times, celebrate with them. Mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, but love people. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench God's spirit. Do not stop listening to what the Holy Spirit has to say. Let me say it again. If you think of it like this, rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances. Pray continually. Don't ever stop listening to the Holy Spirit. Now, he works everything for our good. No weapon formed against us can prosper. He's never gonna tire of watching over your life. He's never gonna leave you or forsake you. He's never gonna remove his love from you. I don't know where you are in this mix. What I can promise is it will not be the whole picture. It will not last. Except for the goodness of God and the love of God and the faithfulness of God and the care of God, these things cannot change. Whatever you're facing, I know this for sure. There is grace for your situation. And there is a willing, loving, eager father who wants to pour that grace into your life right now, right this moment today in this meeting. Grace to heal you in the middle of your buffeting. Grace to prosper you. Grace to be generous to you in the middle of dire need. Grace to stand against evil. Grace to prosper in God's delight. No matter what you're facing or what you're currently going through, there's anointing to break the yoke that was meant for your destruction. There is power to remove the burden on your life. There's anointing to change the circumstances and there is an adventure in store for you in God anointing to be victorious and anointing to be wise, no matter what your life looks like, there is power for breakthrough. Even if you remain in your life, there can be power to see you through. Because Jesus died to set you free. And Romans 5.17 says, how much more then? 
or those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life by one Christ Jesus. See, there's not just a little drop, a, a one drop of oil that you have to rub and hope it gets through. No, there's buckets and buckets and boats and truckloads of oil, the abundant provision of grace. How much more then will God's abundant, overflowing, absolutely astounding overflow of grace and the gift of righteousness, which is yours in Christ Jesus, if you understand that abounding grace for every single little element of your life, no matter who it is that's facing you, no matter what you're dealing with, there is an absolute waterfall of the flow of grace and anointing power to pull you out and to change your life. The ab How much more then will those who receive the abundant provision of grace and God's gift of righteousness, will they reign in life by one Christ Jesus? Paul said, I've learned the secret of being content in any and every circumstance. Whether being well-fed or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now I want to pray for people. Because the best I could, I just want to talk you through a prophetic word. And the whole prophetic word was this. There's, there's a flow of grace this morning for you. And I don't know whether that message was just for three people in the room. I, I, don't, I don't mind. If, if it was, then I want, you to, I want you to experience God's unique kindness and focus on you. But I want to pray for people. And there is coming grace being poured out today. Today, breakthrough happens. Today, some people change season. Today, something changes. Because we come into agreement as the church. And if Jesus said, if you'll agree about anything, just two or three of you, the kingdom is unlocked. So I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to pray a prayer for everybody and I'm pray for, pray for every season. And, and uh, if, if that's you, you might just go, Lord, that's me. Count me in. So here we go. Father, when evil touches our lives and injustice or slander or malice or hurt or death or destruction or injury or pain, we just want to stand up in the name of Jesus and rebuke it in Jesus' name. We stand against evil and the evil one. We pray the prayer you taught us to pray, Jesus. Deliver us from evil and the evil one. For we submit ourselves to you, Lord, because your word says submit yourself to God. Resist the enemy and he must flee from you. So Father, here we are. We submit ourselves and we resist evil in our life. We take a stand in grace so that this day of evil be pushed back. And right now, Lord, for people who are facing evil in their life, we stand with them and we break its hold. Back off in Jesus' name. We break its hold, Lord. And a new day happens. We forbid evil in the lives of these people and destruction and hurt and harm. We break its hold. Back off in the name of Jesus. We call, Lord, for healing and the restoration of hope and renewal of minds against the lies the enemy is being sown and for truth to find its way. Lord, for those who are just in the season of hope and new open doors and new possibilities and, and promotions and the 
the great expectations of the goodness of God, we pray, Lord, that you would increase that expectation, that you'd surround their mind, Lord, and captivate them in that place where they trust you for good, cause an overflow of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, as has already been said today. Speed a breakthrough and a promotion and recognition and favor and give people wisdom, Lord, how to acknowledge you in the middle of that blessing. Father, today I release open doors, promotions and blessings and bonuses and raises. I release it to your people in Jesus' name. Supernatural doors of open blessing. New days, Lord, supernatural blessings in the mail, supernatural stuff, Lord. And I thank you that you'd seed the church once again with many, many testimonies of supernatural provision when people didn't know, weren't expecting. Do it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, for those who are suffering and struggling under disappointment or hardship or scandal or mockery or persecution for your name. Lord, your word says when you're reviled like that, the spirit of glory rests on you. There's grace for that, Lord. I pray for grace for tough decisions and for long recoveries and for people in the long battle. Pray for help and restoration against those draining consequences. I pray, Lord, for a supernatural intervention. And what they've been told, Lord, will take years, will take moments. In Jesus' name. Teach us your heart, Lord, and not some religious view that misrepresents you about this place of suffering in our lives. Lord, pray for days of joy. Golden days, Lord, of blessing. Give us success, Lord. Give us peace on every side and give us the humility that sustains it. Teach us, Lord, how to maximize success for kingdom fruitfulness. Thank you for your favor and your blessing, Lord. Show us, Lord, who we should be generous to in this season of our prosperity. Lord, we, we're asking for holy moments, for those moments of encounter and revelation, of increase of an understanding of you that, uh, Lord, there would be uh, just an open heaven to see who you are. Help us hear your voice clearly. Help us experience your touch and your love and your favor. Teach us, Lord, how to be led by the Holy Spirit and set aside key moments for our church of encounter and experience with you. Give us seasons of healing of the restorations of God. I pray, Lord, for the restorations of relationships. I pray, Lord, just a supernatural connection, reconnection with family, supernatural reconnection with people, Lord, that we should be in touch with and just give us friendships that pour into us and environments that feed us and times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord, of days of laughter, Lord, and joy in the church, celebration, and physical healings too, Lord. Prosper us, Lord. Keep our hearts set on you. Give us financial muscle and promotion and increase our savings and our wisdom to do with wealth. Cause us to be generous givers and show us your heart for the poor. Mostly, Lord, we just want to take this moment to say thank you for all the beauty of our life. You're the God of the mountain and you're the God of the valley. You're the God of my heights and the God of my lows. 
the God who watches over me in glory, and the God who wipes away my shame. What can we say, Lord, to a God who's that good? But thank you. Lead us, Lord, into a future that you have determined. In Jesus' name, amen.